looking back to it, it was very risky, but I didn't see it as a risk at the time. I saw it as an opportunity and uh, I just took 100% everything into that thing. This is the Beneath the Surface podcast. We are your hosts, Michelle and Julius, and we are here to help you unlock your true potential. Learn from our failures and successes and start understanding what it takes to grow a successful business around your passions. We are a creative couple originally from different countries who are both able to build online businesses by doing what we love. Photography, online marketing, and travel. Let's dive beneath the surface, become better versions of ourselves, and find success in life. Before this episode begins, remember that there is a video version of this podcast available on YouTube. So head to our YouTube channel, Beneath the Surface Podcast, to watch the video version. Welcome to the Beneath the Surface Podcast. In today's episode, we are finally going to talk only about Julius. I'll be the host, you'll be my guest. Uh, In last week's episode, we did it the other way around. So Julius asked me some questions about my journey and my past and how I got to where I am today. And it's... We will just do the same with you now. Okay, let's go. I, I basically know all the answers to the questions already, but let's just pretend I don't. Yeah, it's a confusing <laughs> set. Same as last week, I was so confused interviewing my own girlfriend, but this is how it is. This is how you get to know better who we are, so yeah. that's it. And to find out a bit more about the roots of everything, we would like to get to know you a bit better in your past and how you grew up, where you grew up and how it was your life before everything like around photography started. So I come from a pretty big family, which yeah, is super different I to agree. you. <laughs> Michelle is the only child and I have five siblings. Uh, which two, is a pretty big contrast. Very big contrast. I have two little brothers, two little sisters and then one big brother and uh I, I think it was incredible to grow up with within like such a loving family and especially with my big brother we always came along maybe not so much when we were younger but <laughs> then uh, nowadays we we come along really well and uh, it's been amazing to have a supportive supportive brother all along in this <laughs> in this journey mm. and in life in general and uh, yeah that's pretty much the family situation and uh, then what comes to my life in general it was pretty boring I lived in uh in a really small town yeah (laughs) really small town uh about three thousand people and uh i had a a very good group of friends very close group of friends and all we did was game and then we hanged around the town and we just biked around the town when we didn't have moped licenses yet and and then generally it was this quite boring like countryside life and uh i always had like really weird hobbies and uh mm. and and we also like we've noticed that we we had some similar hobbies at the time when we were smaller tell me about them yeah so i i i used to do this we, i don't know why my i remember picking up unicycling when when i i tried it out at my my cousin's house and then that sort of became a thing randomly like everyone else was doing ice hockey and like floorball and like all these like sort of bigger sports and i was always the weird kid who did like weird hobbies i, I always uh, i also have to mention the cup stacking or however oh, yeah. you call it so <laughs> i i used to do sports stacking i actually held i think i held like a finish record for a while in really? in that hobby yeah or something like that and and i used to do youtube videos about it so i uh, me and my brother did youtube videos about cup stacking and the videos are private nowadays but I at the time it was like the coolest community ever I don't know why but that's sort of what I I used to do just weird hobbies and uh and uh, and a very very ordinary sort of background so there's nothing crazy going on there no n- nothing business related at any point from from my family it's just like super ordinary life and and that that was it well just, that's how most of us grow up yeah. and still then at some point develop the interest and business and everything but um yeah when you grew up completely normally like when did the interest in photography start like when did you first pick up your camera or thought that could be something that you're passionate about so i think the interest in photography started very suddenly so i never had like a dream job i never had i I never knew what i wanted to do in life so photography was just one random day me picking up a camera and then going out and I fell in love with photography like immediately like this 
and it was a random thing that I tried out. And I was lucky that I was able to borrow my dad's camera and my dad had gotten that camera from his dad. So my grandpa, mm-hmm. but he never used it. So I just grabbed it one day and decided to go randomly with my scooter, like a couple of kilometers to take images of a sunset. And I was immediately hooked because before that I had only been taking some images with my phone. And then I also, at the time, like was already slightly interested in like creating things. When I was small, I used to draw a lot. And then I also loved woodworking in, in school. So I always liked to do things with my hands and uh, and the images were sort of interesting. And this started in 2016. So I was 16, 17 years old at the time. Mm. And uh and it just started very, very randomly. And one day I was like, okay, I'm going to delete all of my selfies from Instagram. And then I decided that I want to build like a beautiful gallery. So it was, and my friends thought it was a bit weird. Everyone around me thought it was a bit weird, but it was something that I thought was sort of cool and creative. So yeah, that's what always happens. If you start like being a bit more active on Instagram, people around you that know you the way you were like always been they think it's a bit weird yeah it's it's a bit strange and at the time i had like a private account i wasn't like really i didn't know anything about instagram i i just played around with my phone and took some images and then when i finally got interested in the camera itself then i was introduced to like aperture iso like all like the manual settings and i just wanted to ask when you started being interested in photography you still didn't really know much like you first started taking images and then along the way you studied more about it yeah so it it started pretty quick i got really interested in how i can edit my images but this was no photoshop at all so i was uh, only introduced to lightroom by youtube tutorial so i I did a YouTube search on like how to edit images or something like that. And then I I found Lightroom and I started editing images with Lightroom a little bit. Completely horrible stuff. Mm-hmm. I can put some of my images here, edit them into the video version. By the way, people who are listening to this, there is a video version available on YouTube where you can watch it. So just search for the Beneath the Surface podcast and mm-hmm. you can watch the video version. But yeah, um, so I got interested in editing. In the past, I had only used some photo apps like Snapseed and played around with the settings without any clue what anything does and then gradually I got more interested in how I can like shoot raw and how can I like get more detail out of my images but my camera was horrible it was one of those digital zoom cameras where you had like crazy thousand x zoom but the sensor is like super tiny yeah I used one like that as well I think when I grew up my parents had it and I just use it every now and then but I I, w- I would be interested to know, like, comment down below if you are watching on YouTube. Like, did did a lot of people have sort of interesting photography in a way that they randomly pick someone's camera? Like, because I feel like a lot of people I've talked to picked up photography just randomly by testing, not in yeah. a way that they had like this idea since growing up that hey, I want to be a photographer and blah blah blah. It's sort of a random thing that just happens, and then you get hooked to it. Yeah. And this is what happened to me, and uh, and. Uh, it took me like years then to actually buy a camera and we can go more forward to then then like what hap- happens next because I actually got quite bored with photography. Yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about now because you at some point stopped taking images and sort of losing the passion for photography for a while because you became more interested in digital art. And uh, I want to know why that happened, like why you stopped taking images and when and how you started getting interested in digital art yeah so as i told i lived in a really small town so there wasn't much to shoot around there it was only fields cows animals like there's actually a lot of animals and and me and michelle have now afterwards like found out that it's actually a perfect place to like take some images during morning of like animals but at the time oh nice at the time i had no idea about it and it's it's incredible. We've we've gone on sunrise adventures in my hometown. It's actually pretty cool to like see wild yeah. animals and take images of them. But probably it would have also been a bit impossible with your camera at that time because you can't really get that close to animals. Yeah, and also with my transportation, because at the time yeah. I was sixteen, seventeen, so only thing I had was a scooter. And I had like an eighty eighty euro scooter that my dad had bought secondhand, like from somewhere. It was completely crashed and then my dad fixed it for me. And uh, that was sort of the, the the way how I moved around the town. And uh, then 
I, uh, I just at some point felt so bored of doing it all alone. No one else was interested in photography. So I was always taking images alone. And then I just like went with my scooter to the places in my hometown and always the same spots over and over and over again. And then I realized after I got a bit more invested into the Instagram community that like there's so many incredible places in this earth and I'm shooting in like a, in the middle of fields where there's literally like not much to shoot. So I lost my interest in yeah. photography in a sense. And then I was introduced to digital art again randomly. And uh, I had used Photoshop before in like school project or something. I had like sort of gotten interested to it in uh, like at the time, but then I didn't do it at all. And like nothing really started from that. And then randomly got really interested in, in digital art. And I noticed very quickly that there's not much I can do with my own photos because the quality of the camera was really bad. And mm -hmm. I was super limited with like the objects that I could use. So then I found free stock image websites and started creating art with those. And that's how the interest in like editing itself started. And did it like, I know that at some point you worked all, you edited for hours and hours a day. Did it start like that straight from the beginning or? This was also first? more so gradual. So first, yeah. first it was very much only like testing and testing and testing. And then along the way, it got like a bit more like... I had like an actual sort of idea with it that like I really want to do this. Mm. So it, it instead of first I got interested in photography and then suddenly I realized that I enjoy editing at the time like way more than photography. But actually nowadays it's sort of flipped around like I love both equally. Mm. But maybe even I like photography a bit more than than editing itself. But this is just because now I've been able to take photos everywhere and like yeah. I've sort of being able to do what I wanted to do at the time. So this is the this is the moment where I got interested in editing. And then I got the idea that it would be so cool to take images around the world and then create edits out of those. And uh, and this was towards the end of 2016. And I think I still had a private account at the time. So there's no like Instagram, Instagram related in any type of way. But then you eventually started posting on Instagram more and more about your digital art and everything. Yeah, and this was inspired by by meeting one of my favorite photographers at the time, probably my favorite photographer even up to this day, Konsta Punka, who is like a very, very talented Finnish wildlife photographer. And, and he had put up to his Snapchat like a message at the time that, hey, like if someone lives around this area, blah, 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 like I would be down to shoot, like send me a message if you want to come to shoot with me. And I was immediately like, hey, like I live mm -hmm. close by and like I've just started photography and I would like, I would like enjoy that a lot. Would you consider yourself that like you've been a fanboy back then? Like really, probably, really excited. Probably internally, yeah, a little bit. Like <laughs> I was very, very excited. But then I realized that it's like, Konse is such an amazing dude. I, I immediately got really good vibes from him and um, I haven't really had a chance to like meet up with him afterwards. But but uh, uh, he inspired me a lot. He had like something 600,000 followers at the time and like a very normal, like grounded dude and, uh, and, and super, super talented. And he went against the masses sort of. Like he, he used to spend like hours and hours and still spends hours and hours in the forest or somewhere taking images of animals and, and it's, it's so crazy to think about it how much time it involves to take images yeah of and like the progression over the years is crazy mm. like if you if you scroll all the way back to concerts like first images on instagram they're they're already like really good and now we're talking about a progression of like 10 plus years of him doing it daily all the time which is super inspiring and it inspired me so much at the time that that's probably why I started Instagram originally then a bit more serious and I started like getting all these dreams of like traveling the world and taking photos and then editing then images out of those yeah and then eventually when you like posted on Instagram regularly there was some sort of turning point let's say in your editing career yeah which so is really interesting because nowadays that doesn't happen too often anymore at least on Instagram no, so what's Michelle talking about is is me going viral with one edit that I created at the time. So I was already in high school. So in Finland, we have nine grades. You go from one to nine in one school or some people go from one to six in one school and then, then seven to nine in another school. And then you change schools again. So there's 12 grades in total, like in Germany, but we change schools mm -hmm. in between. So I was in high school and uh, and I just remember 
thinking that now this is what I want to do. And at the time I thought that I'm like gonna become a math teacher, but then it started like switching a bit more. And I was editing, 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 editing all the time after school. And I also went to the gym at the time a lot. So I was only editing school, gym. That's what I did. And one morning I randomly just created an edit like I always did. I went on the stock image websites. I also like, this was the day when I was supposed to be in school. But if I remember right, I like edited really late the, the, the past evening. So then I, then I uh, woke up normally, started creating images and decided that, hey, I'm hungry. I went to get pizza, came back home, created that image, posted it on Instagram. And uh, then, then I went to the gym normally and afterwards my image had gone viral. So it happened like very strangely all of a sudden and I made a promise to myself in 2017 that this is what I want to do and then I kept doing it and eventually then something went viral and this is very mm. rare as you as you said yeah it's really interesting that that happened to you and then you basically used that opportunity to then eventually make a career out of it because not a lot of people realize real opportunities if they're basically in front of you staring at you yeah and it, it happened also gradually like of course at the time when you were first starting instagram and you're getting excited about like the opportunities or maybe getting your images shared it happens gradually that the build up to to it and you don't really know much but step by step you start understanding a bit more like hey there's this feature page this feature page and maybe like if i do this thing i can I can uh, build a bit more attention to my images and like there's these tiny things that you then start considering, mm. which also if you take them really obsessively can become like the death of your creativity and like you sort yeah. of get obsessed into the Instagram sort of part of things when the main folks should be in creating. Um, but yeah, that that whole image then sort of changed everything. And before that, there was a time when I was just editing. So it took me one and a half years to get my first feature. Then it took me like, three months to get from 1000 to 2000 and then um then from 2000 to 6000 it took a few more months and then my image went viral and then it took a few months to get to like 30k so it was one and a half years to get my first feature mm. but of course i couldn't even get features at the time for a long time because my my account was private yeah that's so true. i officially started like the first day of 2017 and I created like a caption that this is what I want to do and then it just was like very gradual but I stuck to it I was I, I was so determined that this is what I want to do that I just kept doing it constantly and, and eventually then it just it's, it's, paid off it's so crazy because um on Instagram it's so easy for people to assume that you just got lucky and that the success happened overnight but in reality you put hours and like thousands or hundreds of hours of work into getting where you are today hundreds way more than hundreds yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but but it's just crazy because people don't really realize how much work you put into it and then eventually you will get lucky it's it's not that you get lucky by doing one thing it's you get lucky by doing something consistently and the hard work eventually pays off exactly and and this is exactly but we are now in the very like middle of the point here because both of us we've done so much work be behind the scenes before we started like actually getting anywhere and yeah. and there is always so much work because in the beginning you you're not confident enough to share the journey yeah and this is my biggest regret as well of not actually sharing since the beginning but i was just too scared i was I was way too scared to share my face on Instagram. I was way too scared to like think about like how could I turn something like that into my job. Like I didn't, those weren't really thoughts in my head. I was just editing because that was fun for me. And then everything else sort of happened gradually after that. But I regret of not like uh, documenting the beginning because that's what took like the most effort mentally mm -hmm. and also just physically because i was doing so much all the time i was even editing in school i was even like doing things in school every moment i got well you just didn't realize the fact then that this can lead into something yeah, no. big it was it was it started with just pure intentions of of wanting to like share something mm -hmm. and then gradually it of course then turned into something else 
and then and then I started getting more interested in how can I grow a brand out of it. Yeah, and that's what we're gonna talk about now because when your shot went viral, I think shortly after, I hope I'm not wrong, uh, like first business opportunities opened up to you. Yeah, so, so tell about that. So this is then after the image went viral, as you said. And uh, it took a few months to get to like 30 something thousand followers. And and at the time I suddenly got an email. Before that, I had never gotten any emails. Like no one was interested in what I was doing. I was mm -hmm. just slowly growing on Instagram and picking up, picking up the momentum, so to say. And then one day I got an email from the founder of MySpace, Tom Anderson. And uh, the email went something like this that, hey, I'm Tom from MySpace, maybe before your time. I, I would love to collaborate with you. I saw your recent edit and I thought it was really cool. Something like this. So mm -hmm. he just simply wanted to collaborate with me and he got really interested in who I am as well. So then we changed messages um, for a while and he sent me some of his images. I created the edit and then he posted it on his Instagram account. And he had at the time, probably still has, uh, like a bio, Instagram bio where it says like retired, now focusing on helping other people as much as possible something like this and Tom was really helpful he he shared the image I got a lot of follow I think 4,000 followers from one of his posts like immediately and that's very rare nowadays no yeah, matter who mentions you it's, it's very hard to yeah. to get those type of numbers yeah, we are talking purely about numbers but he praised me in the caption and like sort of led me to the direction of possibilities business-wise because before that I hadn't had not like imagine or, or had any type of idea of building some sort of a business out of it i had no mm -hmm. clue about business and then he said that he has this one friend who has like very successful course business and he gave me info to uh, my info to him and then then he's uh, this guy is called serge romelli a very talented uh on the on the business business and marketing side of of photography products and and uh i got contacted by them and I created my first course then because of Tom basically like telling me that hey there is an actual opportunity so he sort of was the reason why I got then so in, interested in in moving more to the business side as well because he made me realize that there is an actual market for for something that I'm doing as well and you were really early with courses related to photography and editing Definitely not the first, but probably no, on the no, Instagram niche. Yeah. Uh, I, I was sort of early. And maybe not even on the Instagram niche, but in my niche. What I'm trying to say is that like the digital art community was quite small at the time. So maybe in that community, I was one of the first then who was actually yeah. like pushing the courses a bit more. So I created my first course, basically shaking behind a microphone, not having any clue how to create a course. And, and you location of the course was really interesting too oh yeah so that <laughs> this first course was filmed in our parents storage house because i come from a big family there was always noise inside the house i couldn't really wasn't it the sauna or am i mixing no. something up so so this is this first course was filmed in in the storage house okay or storage building i don't know what the shed something like that but basically we have this like small small outside building in our parents home and uh, I sat on top of a cardboard box, taped a microphone into a spray paint can as a microphone stand. And then I created my first course there. Started from the bottom, now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I started with no gear at all. I had nothing. I, I did never even had a summer job, really. Yeah, it was really hard to get jobs in, in a small town. And uh, before that, I, I didn't have like any money. It was mm -hmm. super hard to make money. So the the first money I then made was after I released that course. And I, I sold it as an affiliate through Surge. So I, I just created the course, provided the material to his team. And then they put it on their website, marketed it somehow with their systems. And then a month later, like 2000 suddenly popped up on my bank account. And then that's when I realized that... Back then that was a ton probably for you. I had never made almost any money in my life. And then like over, and of course, it took like a long, long time. Like we were now talking about almost two years of actively like doing something, not really with the purpose of doing business with it, but there was a lot of work involved already beforehand then up to the point where I was able to make my first money. Mm. So 
that money just sort of randomly appeared. I was marketing the course to my Instagram audience myself. So I was driving traffic from my audience to the website. And I all already like always got a cut then from that. And then all how, of how many followers did she have back then? Less than 50,000, probably 30,000, something like yeah. that. A bit less even. It was right after I went viral. So I did it very quickly. There was a follow up. So when when people go viral, it can go two different ways. One, they use that opportunity to get somewhere bigger, yeah. to keep the momentum going, or then they don't realize what to do and then nothing happens out of going viral. But there were so many like sort of lucky moments in that moment in my life that helped me then to push through that point where I was mm -hmm. able to like get some use out of that momentum. Good that you did the right thing and that you realized that opportunity. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad that I actually pushed through and, and went out of my comfort zone and created like that course because it was really something that I, I didn't know that I could ever do. And I'm, I'm glad that I did it. And it sounds like this, the first course, because I am very, very monotone in it. And like, I, yeah, it's just when you create something for the first time, it's, it's quite hard. It will probably also be tough on me when I start creating my first course in the future 100 but you've gotten already really good in front of the camera i mean especially now doing the podcast it's probably good practice i'm not really talking into the camera but i know it's there that's that's already enough yeah <laughs> so at this point you were already earning money or you at least made a couple of thousand shifts from doing that course and did something change in school for you like did you pay way more attention to the editing part There is something, a really funny and interesting story in my opinion. Yeah, so of course at the time when you are like 17 or like about to turn 18 and you suddenly make like a couple thousand doing something you love, your whole mindset like shifts. You're like, okay, this is what I want to do. There's opportunity on this because making 2000 passively, okay, sort of semi-passively because there was a lot of work involved in order to be able to get to the point where I was able to make that money. But like in school... I like everything went downhill and this is because I was solely interested so much more in editing and yeah. not that much anymore in, in school I, I used to be really good in school like very very good good student always and uh for example math that I was really interested in it I had like well you like United States is is on the like a level and they have b's and c's and so on in Finland we have from four to ten the grades so I used to have like a lot of tens on math. Which is the best. Which is the best, yeah. And then I started going down like nine, eight, seven, and uh, eventually I didn't pass any of my tests. And at the time, some of the teachers like realized that I have clearly figured out something that I want to do in life already. But did you have like actual conversations with them about it that you sort of have a side business? Yeah, yeah, they they were aware of it 100%. Okay. Like there were some like chat about me like telling that I have this and that like could I please I work on this thing because I actually need to get it done and this is more important to me blah blah blah. And then some teachers agreed on me just being on my laptop on the classes. But this I, was... It's so hard for me to believe. I think something like that could ne never happen in Germany. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I guess in Finland, we are like sort of more familiar with the teachers. We don't like say miss. Like we don't call teachers by Mr. or miss. Like teachers are sort of our friends in school, so to say. Yeah. And I think it's very different, especially in the United States. So you call um, them the first names? Yeah, we call them with first names. And that can also lead to a lot of author like authority problems. Or, yeah. yeah. And uh, and a lot of respect issues and so on. But some of the teachers let me be on my laptop. Uh, I was just working on my own stuff. And we're now talking about the last year of school. So just briefly before I started then eventually traveling. Um, but yeah, I, I lost my interest in school. I started skipping a lot of school, which I don't recommend you to do but this i already yeah. had something on the side that i was doing semi-successfully that i was able to afford to like skip school a little bit i think at that time you didn't realize that it was stupid because you were just so excited about that new thing exactly that you put the whole focus on it looking back to it it was very risky but i didn't see it as a risk at the time i yeah. saw it as an opportunity 
and uh, I just took 100% everything into that thing. And yeah. uh, I mean, maybe if you would have done it differently, you wouldn't be where you are now. Definitely. And I wouldn't so, have done even half of the things I've done. Yeah. yeah. So in the beginning of the episode, you talked a lot about your dreams of traveling the world. And eventually you made those dreams come true. But it also had some negative parts because then eventually you also lost the interest in traveling again. And I want to hear the whole story, how that happened, how how you liked the trips and everything. Just Yeah, so uh, I'm definitely not going to go in detail. This would be like a seven hour long podcast if I would actually <laughs> start explaining every single travel story. But just to put it quickly uh, and explain like the main parts of how my traveling then started. I was in high school last year of school and we had our finals so it was just the moment before summer holiday then before we graduated and i i got a message from my friend at the time like i was just an instagram buddy sort of and we had never met each other but we talked a lot on dms my good friend uh, kai on instagram just kai nowadays and uh and he invited me on this adventure to to uh, indonesia and mm-hmm. it was very casual. It was like, hey, well, I'm doing this trip uh, and, and go to Indonesia for a few months to explore and like to create content and so on. I had never been anywhere before. So this is literally, I had only been in like Norway and, uh, and, and Finland and maybe I had then gone to like Gran Canaria mm-hmm. when I was like, basic. <laughs> basic travel location for Europeans. But yeah, like I had really not been anywhere. And I just took the leap. I was just like, okay, I'm graduating from school. I want to travel. I have no idea how to travel. I'm scared of flights. I'm scared of airports. I'm scared of everything related to going out of my hometown. Because at the time, I had not really been anywhere. Mm. I used public transportation for the first time when I was like 13, 14, something like that. So I just took the leap. I decided I'm going to go all in. I booked a ticket. I told Kai that I'm going to join. And uh, then all of a sudden, I was in at the airport on my way to Indonesia and all I was scared about was how can I survive the transfer flight that was my biggest scare because Not I was really so that afra- dangerous <laughs> <laughs> I was so afraid I don't know why airport scared me out back then nowadays it's like so chill but at the time it was so scary yeah it is like if you're not used to it same it was the same for me and I think in this sense our stories are sort of similar I went to New Zealand although I didn't really know anything related to traveling before and and so did you and that is sort of the best way to do it like just although it's super scary we both agree on that those are my my Indonesia trip and your your New Zealand trip have been the times when we have both felt the most free in our lives and also, like, these have been life-changing trips, I would say. 100%. Because you, you get to see a different culture for the first time and you truly feel freedom. Because yeah. you, you're away from your parents, you're away from your home country, you're away from your friends. And you just feel like it's a completely new world that you are sort of just completely invested in. Mm. And you, you meet new people, you meet the, the locals and you're like it's completely confused of like how everything works outside of your own home country. And then it, it's just, it's only thing I can explain about it and, and like sort of the feeling I got is like just this ultimate freedom, as I said. Everybody I know who did like a trip like that sort of got addicted to traveling after that just because the way you feel while traveling so freely is so intense and so unique yeah and a lot of people like don't don't really know this feeling because they've never done a trip like that they only do vacations maybe once or twice a year and it's just just staying in the hotel not doing much but i think the moment when a person decides to actually go full in and get the full experience everything changes yeah and i I I really loved traveling in the beginning, but it was very exhausting because the idea of the trip was to grow as a person, but also grow career-wise. So the idea with with my trip to Indonesia and like I met incredible friends who have stayed my friends up to this day, but the idea of the trip wasn't only to travel, it was to gather as much content as we could. And that's where it starts to go wrong because if you wake up every morning at 3 a.m. for months in a row to catch a sunset, catch every single sun sunrise you can. 
yeah. it starts to like take a toll on you and, and eventually you just way too tired and exhausted to do anything. I lost 14 kilos of weight in Which Bali. Which is insane. In one and a half months. I came home and my mom asked me what has happened to you because my, my cheeks were like completely like, mm. Mm, like that. And, uh, and yeah, I just lost a lot of weight. I lost all my gym gains that I have <laughs> worked for for years. I went to the gym really actively like for four, three, four years straight. And then when I went to Bali, everything was gone <laughs> after a few months. We forgot to eat. We were really exhausted. Forgot to eat. Yeah, this was this is what happened. Yeah, because it was sort of a wrong mentality. I can totally understand it as a photographer myself, but it's... You, you shouldn't travel like just thinking about the content because no. it will get really exhausting and you might lose your interest and passion about, yeah. about it. And during that trip, I got my first taste also into like a bit of collaboration. Some of my friends had organized some collaborations there and, and, uh, and at the time I immediately realized that collaboration is not the way how I want to travel in the future because I immediately felt the stress from them. And you have a bit of a different approach to this. And yeah, I also I have maybe a slightly different approach to it nowadays because of you. Yeah, probably I made him realize the good parts about it. I, I don't do collaborations to get just everything while traveling for free. It's just, I don't know. I love shooting. I love staying in unique places. And if, if we're going to take images of that place either way, why don't we just help each other out? Yeah, I, I, and I, I get It's a win-win situation it for is. both. For the company and for us, 100%. And I, I love to do that with, especially when I get to meet the people behind these companies yeah. and when I get to like talk to them and actually like provide high quality content. Yeah, that's I that's our number one goal basically because a lot of people just, we, we talked with uh, the owners of some hotels and they say like some people, they, they have to run after them to get the content or to, to get what they promised them. But our values are completely different. Like we just really want to deliver as much as possible. And sometimes we can go a bit overboard with it. Like we're really perfectionists. Yeah. But I hope that's appreciated from all the companies. At least so far it's been. And <laughs> I, I think, so So my thought process very much with the whole business side has always been passive income over collaborations. Of and course. it's purely because it gives me the freedom. Like let's, let's do a quick example of hiking in Lofoten. I'd much rather hike in Lofoten, like let's say a 12-hour hike to get to the top of the mountain and truly take it all in and be excited to take the images there rather than carrying a product in my backpack that I had to constantly stress about. And then like when I get to the top, I'm going to take images of this product, then that product to that direction and that direction and mm -hmm. drone shots. Like if it becomes that, that's when I lose my interest for traveling completely. Yeah, in that sense, passive income is definitely like makes way more sense just to keep the passion alive. Yeah, I, I rather always pay for my travels as much as I can myself. But if there is an opportunity to work with a cool hotel or a company along the way, I'll do it. But mm -hmm. it, it will never like interfere with what I actually want to do. Like I always yeah. want to get done the stuff that I, I really want to do and, and I really feel good about the travel as well. And that is like, I travel for the whole year then from Indonesia, uh, I travel for like six months. And also at the time then I, I actually had to come back from Indonesia after one and a half months to graduate from high school. So I was in Indonesia for one and a half months. Then I'll get invited to another trip, invited to another trip. Then I went to another country and blah, blah, blah. Like it just continued for the whole 2018 year, the rest of the year. And it was super exhausting at the end, but and then something changed in your mind or basically you lost a bit of the interest in traveling yeah and this was purely because i i barely remembered some of the things i did during those travels i was just too exhausted and it also suffered like my business suffered a lot because of mm -hmm. that i mean my business was not really that developed at the time either way all i was doing is like marketing the courses i had to my already existing audience there was no like marketing outside of Instagram it was only on on like the currently existing audience but while traveling you were also able to create another course in between the Photoshop for photographers yeah so this I actually created back in Finland and uh and and when I went to Indonesia there was a chat with my dad beforehand about me needing some sort of a space 
to create like more content in because at the time i i was creating in orsana or like just in my in in a room that i shared with my big brother and there was always too much noise i could never really create courses without background noise mm. and i felt like so frustrated so my dad one time just came to me and said that like julia's like let's build you like a mini office somewhere and and that was like such a good thing the most valuable thing i've ever like gotten business-wise did, did your dad come up with the idea yeah so my dad came oh, up good, with the idea good that he did <laughs> Yeah, so my, my then my dad built me this office. It, it ended up costing me like 550 euros with all the materials and so on. Mm. And that office was finished while I was in Indonesia, if I remember right. And I came home and then I saw the office for the first time. And at the time, I then or, already had my first laptop already bought as well. So in the beginning in that office space, I had uh, an IKEA table and then my laptop. And in between the travels, I always then focus for a few weeks and and or like a month month at once and i created the photoshop for photographers course which i actually then launched while i was again traveling hmm. but but this we're talking about an office that was like two square meters max for the people who watch on youtube we will definitely insert an image here because yeah. it was such a cute I, little box <laughs> i called it the box as well it was the box office not really an office and and during summer it got like 35 degrees in there and during how did your pc survive that i don't know i have no idea at the time i didn't have a pc yet and then then i bought a pc along the way yeah so this office space then eventually it saved everything for me because this was the first space where i could purely just focus on my own stuff mm. and i i was so invested into doing doing what i was doing that i isolated myself completely I was constantly working, 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 working. My parents remember this. My friends remember this. I wasn't doing anything else. And this then eventually turned into a really big issue because yeah. I overworked myself. It's so insane to think about that you like, didn't do anything else and just working. And that also leads to the point. Like, you were really young at that age. How, how old? I, I was 17. 17. Yeah. 18. 18 years. I, I turned 18 that year, but I wasn't 18 yet. And you start you started so early with that whole Instagram and editing and business thing that it happened just so quickly everything that did you get to a point where you were completely overwhelmed and didn't know what to do anymore or you lost your passion or whatever that, because everybody has that eventually if you work so much. Yeah, that's how it felt for me eventually then. So I was at the point in my life where I had basically achieved everything that I ever could have imagined there's a very cliche situation where someone dreams about something and then when that dream becomes reality then you're suddenly not happy with it and the reason why i wasn't happy with it was because i was exhausted i was so done with constantly just focusing on work 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 and and it wasn't like when i came home from the travels that i then chilled when i came home from the travels all the days i went at home as all the days when i was at home it was pure focus mode on on working and coming up with new course ideas coming up with new product ideas and and i had like started doing more branding i was speaking in front of my camera and doing stories and i experimented with youtube videos and i was just doing everything that i could to grow the brand further mm. and that took a toll on me then eventually and uh and i i would say that i lost my passion for a while for sure and what? it was sad yeah, I can imagine. What did you do then to fix it? Or like, how did you get out of that law? I So in this point of my story, uh, I really, like there was a really big shift because I was, I was contacted on Instagram by my ex-mentor Bob and uh, on Bob Van Buhl on Instagram. And, and he sort of then helped me to get out of the mental rot. So Bob, Bob was the person who who introduced me to things like meditation and uh like productivity and how to like the importance of sleep and exercise and these are very normal things and bob like mentor is not there for you to scale your business to like ten thousand a month this mm -hmm. is not how it's gonna go it's, it's more so what can you fix in your life that supports the business that's how i always see mentoring and of course there are business mentors who tell you like how could you do this better and this better and maybe like how can you how can you like grow certain things and bob definitely helped a little with those as well like whenever i had an idea i ran it through him and he sort of gave them a little bit of insights on it 
So, so he was being like extremely helpful, but the most help I got from him was the mental side. And, uh, which should never be left off. A lot of business owners don't pay much attention to it. And, and this is, this is most likely purely because people don't really know the existence of these things. So they might think they're like meditation. I also, I also feel like, I mean, nowadays in our generation, it becomes more normal stuff like meditation and morning routines and everything. I feel like it's becoming a trend, but mainly because people are pushing it so much. Yeah, but but I think the older generations who have like actually local businesses or physical stores or whatever, they hmm. don't never thought about stuff like that. I don't think so. Yeah. This is a this is a funny business model nowadays because you are sort of in charge of everything all the time. It's your brand, your face, your products, your everything. Yeah. And then as, as cliche as it sounds, it is, it is one of those moments where you, as I said, like when you reach your dreams, then you're not suddenly happy. And it's only because at the point I didn't really have the time for everything. I was constantly doing everything by myself. And then Bob introduced me to all of those things. And, and probably the most helpful thing was that he made me finally realize that as much as I want to do everything by myself, there's a point where that's not possible anymore. Mm-hmm. So, so then I did everything Bob told me. When Bob gave me an, a thing, of course, with a filter. So I, I like ran everything through in my brain in a way that like, does this really, is this really good advice for my situation? Like it was, it was a lot about accountability as well. Like if Bob told me that, hey, like you should do this and like get this thing in your life fixed, blah, blah, blah. If I didn't do it, I felt bad about myself because Bob checked up on me. Yeah. He asked me, like, did you do this? And if I didn't do it, I'm, I'm not a person who lies. And, and there wouldn't be any progress if I would always be like, yeah, I did it if I didn't do it. So he pressured me also in a good way to, like, get better mentally myself. And that helped me eventually to get out of the mental road. I, I hired my first employee to my business to help with with all of like the backend stuff with my courses and, and the messages, emails and so on. And and that helped me to scale my business eventually. And it was also a huge stress relief for you because at this point you couldn't handle all the work that needs to be done by yourself. No, and, and I was so done that like, even if I could have handled it, it would have taken me like three X the time that it, mm. it then took when I finally took the leap of like investing money into someone else else's work for me as well and yeah. uh and then then that allowed me to scale my business and i was introduced to like facebook marketing i was introduced like to all these new possibilities uh, to grow my company outside of my own audience and that was the key factor for me because still up to this day most creators only market to their own audience and they forget completely all the other possibilities there are but some products are sort of hard to market to other people than your audience if the marketing is like really on point exactly that's what it's hard that, to that's, start that's the hard part yeah making having a great product is not as hard as having great marketing yeah. so you can have a great product but you're not going to sell that product if your marketing is not on point you can sell it to people who've been following you for years for sure because those people know who you are you've shared yourself and and also those people might not buy it because if you haven't done branding at all if people don't know who you are if they don't know how you look like Mm. it's really hard to sell to those people yeah that's why it's so important to show you in your stories yeah and basically yeah yeah just just start building an image around you especially if the product is sort of based around you or your knowledge yeah and nowadays i think we can both agree that nowadays it's really important to be sort of on point with your your branding as well because mm-hmm. everyone is sort of like everyone is marketing branding all the time and like marketing themselves and if you are not if you think only your work is what matters you're gonna left behind the competition like this yeah. like it's it's gonna happen really quick you have to do branding constantly with your own face preferably if your products are related to your own face or not to your own face maybe if you you, if you don't have products yet but you eventually want to start doing or creating products yeah this is all about building interest for your audience on what you are doing and every single person who ever sells product related to uh, themselves or like their knowledge like needs to do that eventually 
Mm. And uh, of course, there's a product or there are products that don't require that. And we're going to go to that then at the end of this episode, which then goes to my most successful product that doesn't necessarily require an audience beforehand, if you know marketing really well. But before that, we still need to talk about your comfort zone and a few oh, yeah. a, a few months of doing nothing. But but before that, we met and we traveled and got to know each other. Yeah. So eventually we held a, a workshop in the beginning of 2019. I was completely, I said, I was completely done with traveling. And the first, first month of 2019, when I promised myself that I won't travel, I got invited on a trip. And what did I do? Well, I joined that trip. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really hard for me to then actually stop traveling. Although I told myself in my brain multiple times that now it's the time to focus on my business and stop the traveling for a while. And, uh, and then eventually I sort of did stop it. The next trip was then a trip with you. No, you went to Bali. Oh, so, so you basically didn't true. stop it. He, that was he then went, like a couple week trip to Bali. He went to Northern Finland and then like a little bit of a break. And then in spring you went to Bali and then... So I actually didn't in, stop traveling. In June <laughs> we went to Norway. Yeah. So th there was a time in between a three month period where I tried to build a printing company. I stopped marketing all of my other stuff and I tried to focus only on my printing company. And that was a complete flop. I invested... If I remember right, I invested 12,000 at the time, which was a lot oh, of crazy. money for myself at the time. And I invested all of that into a printing company, all the supplies and like high quality printers and papers and everything and complete flop. I, and that, that's what happened. Logistic wise, it just doesn't make sense to do no. it all by yourself and especially ship it from Finland. Exactly. It was like the shipping was the problem. Yeah. I probably could have sold the prints if I would have... I thought about marketing a bit more, but this is where I my creative side kicked in. Yeah. I wanted to make a product that I can be so proud of and like prints are like a really close thing to a creator. It's like you finally see your own work on paper and you want to make it good if you're going to sell it. Mm. So I like included like silk like gloves and everything inside there and i did a lot of like marketing i mean branding silk on gloves yeah i had like into e every package every package <laughs> and those those were like two euros each no. and i had like everything wrapped in like black silk paper and then i had uh so so guys buy julie's prints high high quality <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so I, I just forgot like the marketing completely so yeah. again good product zero marketing knowledge on how to sell prints yeah. so that's why it flopped and then because i constantly wanted to do more and more and more the printing company sort of faded and then i started focusing on new projects but then we met after my workshop in uh, in march i think yeah it was mm -hmm. in march and uh and 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 we did then a, a trip to norway a ten thousand kilometer road trip we're going to explain more about that then in another story or in another episode and uh yeah, then the rest of 2019, what did I do? Nothing. <laughs> not, not really much. No. We I moved away from home. That was big. But moving <laughs> yeah. away from home was incredible, but also brought me to like a complete comfort zone situation yeah. where I wasn't doing anything. So like you can actually imagine that Julius barely did anything for the rest of the year. Yeah. I, I hope I'm, that's not mean or anything, but that's just how it is. And of course, if you stop doing business for such a long time, especially if you haven't figured everything out or like nothing is running, running completely automated yet, of course, your business will suffer. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. So then then I noticed like in 2019, I did some projects. I created a webinar that was very successful. And the reason why I did nothing was because I started being so comfortable with the money I was earning. I was being so comfortable in my situation, in my nice apartment. I, I was finally at the point where I felt like I can spend more time with friends. I had met you. Like there were other things in my life that I prioritized at the time. Mm -hmm. So I just thought that now that I'm making money passively, I can just stop working for a while and the money will keep going and coming. But this, of course, doesn't nothing really runs automatically for like six plus months if you do nothing especially if it's a personal brand yeah and i i did a mistake at the time very beginner mistake it's like you reach more like success to the point where you're sort of happy with it and even though there's always like a slight voice in your brain that you should do something i was too comfortable and and i did nothing 
And, and what then happened to your business? Well, I started noticing that the business went completely down and uh, I had really good months and then I suddenly started having really bad months. It wasn't necessarily that the business died. It was just like a roller coaster. One month really good, one month really bad, one month really good, one month really bad. Mm. And I wasn't really that evolved with Facebook marketing yet. I had a uh, Facebook marketing team that I still use up to this day. They're really talented. Um, but at the time, like I was just trying to do courses. I wasn't really thinking ahead or trying to see what new could I create. I was just trusting Photoshop for photographers. That mm -hmm. one course I created in 2018, I marketed it for like one plus year. Well, it was a really good course. And it really, and, and I'm going to update that course this year. <laughs> And which is going to be like the biggest project I've ever done. But this this course is going to be up, upgraded like to a whole new level this year. And I'm sure this will be like a next big project as well. Mm. Definitely not as big as some of the things I have planned. But it's like a thing in my journey that I want to get done now this year. Yeah. And then I can move forward to like other projects that I, that I have coming. But, but yeah, basically I focus on the same product. It worked really well for like multiple years yeah, and it still sells like almost daily mm. like i still get sales of that course almost daily and, and the feedback has been amazing on that course but it's just one of those things that if you focus on one thing for too long at the time you are gonna suffer at some point business-wise like there should always be something new that you're doing and then eventually you reached the point where you thought now now you need to change something. Now now you need to come up with new ideas or take new business opportunities. And you started, this is probably a few months into the future, like a bit too much into the future, but you started to create your most successful product. Yeah, so then the beginning of 2020 was quite slow. We were like hanging out. Like, we went on a trip to Lapland yeah. and everything. Yeah, so we, we did a bit of traveling again. and uh, And I was still like, quite comfortable but I was at the same time sort of uncomfortable if that makes any sense mm. like I was comfortable in a sense that I had met you I, I wasn't necessarily suffering financially at any point and uh, it took me a while to then get started in 2020 again but it took around three months to then start like working on new projects I, I worked on some smaller projects behind the scenes that were semi-successful and then I started thinking and looking at the market that like what is something that I can create that doesn't necessarily require like like a really really big marketing plan to it something that is sort of flashy and and sells really well to people who have absolutely no idea who I am and then I created photoshop brushes that I'm still selling up to this day very successfully and uh and the photoshop brushes I wasn't the first one who created them definitely not there's like thousands thousands tens of thousands of people who sell brushes yeah but, but you added a unique touch I, to it. well i created the brushes out of my images that i had taken within four years mm. of photography so like in order for me to create this product there was a four years of photography behind like shooting northern lights in in uh, uh norway and and just taking multiple different images in like different countries so then i was able to use these images to create these brushes and I created about 60 of them and uh, I launched that product and there was such a big hype to the product beforehand. I created a few stories beforehand just to see if people are interested and my DMs exploded like crazy. Now, I got, probably never gotten that many messages on like promotion. Mm. Like usually people are annoyed with promotion, but this was the thing that people were like, I, I want this, I need this, like this is because, the coolest because thing. Because you could immediately see the effect basically of what, what they do. And uh, yeah, like they are cool. I They are. And, and I use them. them and you they use are. them. My brother uses them. I know like dozens of creators who use them every single day in their in their work. And they are extremely useful. But but for me, this product, as sad as it like it sort of hurts to admit, but this was a product for me that I created purely to to see how good of a product is business-wise. And and I love the product, but I sort of knew beforehand that this is a product that could work really well. And it did work really well. Mm. And uh, and and we're going to have separate episodes then about business like in general and like how I was able to build a business and like what basically happened behind the scenes of marketing and so on. We can talk about that more. Yeah. But... Yeah, this this product completely blew up 
and uh, I've been able to successfully sell it ever since. And while and, and I've built like new selling platforms, I constantly upgraded what I previously had. So if you're at a point where you don't have anything, create something, and then along the way keep upgrading it, and and that's gonna sort of keep going. Then if if you if you really pay attention to how you how you're gonna market it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I I totally agree. There was a really really good product that just based on the ads you immediately feel like wow this is something unique i need it because the effects can just be applied within seconds so the marketing part was way more important in this case than and the marketing is more simplified because yeah the ad basically shows that quick results in seconds anyone can use them without any prior knowledge and this is a hype product mm. This is a product where people look at it and they probably don't even know what Photoshop is and they still are like interested to yeah, get it. Definitely. Like I've gotten people who like, hey, can I use this in this mobile app? Can I use this here and in this program and that program? It's like, no, it's only Photoshop. And and like people are interested in it no matter what they are doing. Like, can this be applied to my video? So like random questions that mm -hmm. have nothing to do with the product, but people get interested in it and then they like immediately think that like, is this something that i can use yeah we should definitely create a separate episode about like breaking down how you created the product or like more even about yeah, something the marketing like that. yeah marketing part 100%. how you scaled it and everything yeah but that's basically i would say like my story very sort of sped up but also like that's sort of how it went there's multiple yeah. things that we of course don't have time to go in detail too because it will be like a four-hour episode oh, probably even more if yeah. we would talk about every single detail yeah. yeah but that's what the podcast is here for we all talk about various type of topics still in here every oh, now and then like so. a lot of yeah a lot of the things that we talked about we're gonna have like episodes then where we definitely refer to these things yeah. and like what things affected what and so on but this was more so just the storyline of how julius went from this to this and um, to wrap it up, I have one last question that I've written down and it's what is the one thing that you've learned along the way that you want others to know? What may, Maybe even based on the episode on your story. So I would say to sort of summarize everything is like grab every single opportunity along the way. Like start with really good intentions if your intentions to start is to make like a lot of money and i know this is a cliche but this is the most true thing that i've learned during my my progress is that if you have the wrong intentions you're going to be unhappy at the end yeah. and the only thing that should matter is that you can still be happy with what you are passionate about and if you lose that passion along the way this is the saddest thing that can happen mm. it's, it's an amazing thing to make money with your passion but you should never Forget your passion and actually like stay true to yourself. Yeah, and remember it. why did you start doing something? Yeah. And so so grab every opportunity along the way and please do not do things for the wrong reasons. And and remember that the more you work, the more you do, the luckier you will become. But when you are yeah. working a lot, keep in mind that there are things that you can change in your life to do things in a more successful way. And I would also say that do not try to do everything by yourself. Find people who can help you eventually you can't eventually. start like that no. that's the thing every single person is going to have the hustle phase at some point where you just have to go for it and and work your butt off for like hours and hours and hours and and this is going to feel like labor work at some point <laughs> as much as you love doing something if you're working 16 hour days it's going to take a toll on your physical health at some point mm. but there's going to be a point where most people are going to do this either way um whether it's that your deadlines are like coming to end in, in a few days and you absolutely have to work or then in general you just have personal projects that take a lot of time um but yeah grab every opportunity along the way stay true to yourself and uh and and try to like basically maintain your passion as, as much as you can along the way and know your why this is very, yeah, this very is important a, just yeah. to basically always remind yourself why you're actually doing it that's pretty much it if you have any questions about it we have a comment section on youtube you can comment down below if well basically if some of the things we talked about brought some questions up in your head write them down below and uh give us some recommendations on the on the length of the episodes as well do you want us to go even more in depth into these topics do you care if there are two hours or do you want us to keep it more like 40 minutes 
or something like that. Of course, we decide what we're going to do. But at the same time, it's interesting to know what the audience yeah. thinks. I, I personally think like max an hour is a good size. Yeah. So Ju- Julie thinks a bit differently. But I'm, I'm more so like if it's a free conversation yeah. and there's more to talk about, I like to just finish and not feel pressure to like go through things in a bit quicker way. Mm. but um as you said multiple times already we're gonna have like episodes on different topics and we can talk about them more in detail than in future episodes but if you're watching on youtube please um subscribe to the channel if you like listening to us we would really appreciate if you could go and click on the like button on this video that helps us a lot to um get this podcast out there because we really want to want to do this for a long time and i want to grow the audience to motivate as many people as we can that would be the best case yeah we hope you enjoyed the episode and as julie said if you have any questions you can just leave a comment or just message us on instagram we are always happy to help and yeah thanks thanks a lot for listening see you next time then this is the beneath surface book bye-bye